guys and welcome to get a life podcast it's me bish today we are going to be talking about some three games all of which are quite good are quite excellent so get hyped for today's episode you might be hearing in the background some weird music i don't know if you can hear it but it's basically the music for stranger of paradise final fantasy origin an excellent game haven't played it yet but it's made by team ninja and uh, square enix Speaking of Square Enix, today's games are mostly Square Enix games. I think actually all of which are. So think of this as a lovely Square Enix review roundup. So big thanks to Square Enix and Nintendo for providing codes. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about Chocobo GP, which is the racing game, which is really cute. It's got Chocobos in them. And we're going to be talking about Triangle Strategy as well as Stranger of Paradise as well. Yeah, this is really cool. So we're going to be talking about these games on our review roundup today. But before we get into that, so to thank our sponsors Crunchyroll, Japan Crate and JList. If you also want to get early access as well as ad-free episodes of the podcast you can support us on our Patreon which is um, patreon.com forward slash get a life podcast so be sure to do that if you love the show. Let's get straight into it. So the first game we're going to be talking about on today's review roundup is Chocobo GP. Uh, there is a little bit of history behind this game considering that it is a sequel to the 90s classic Chocobo Racing, a game that was basically a Mario Kart clone with Chocobos released on the PlayStation. This one is actually released on the Switch and I think that's a very good choice because well these sorts of games work better on Switch. It is obviously developed and published by Square, Squaresoft? Uh, Squaresoft, oh that, that shows my age. Square Enix and obviously published by Nintendo. It's a Nintendo exclusive. It's a very interesting game because it's your simple sort of kart racing game featuring chocobos as well as other characters from the Final Fantasy series. We'll get onto that in a little bit. I've never played the original chocobo racing and to be honest with you, I haven't really played Final Fantasy games until recently. So I don't really care for the characters. I think they're cute. Yeah, I don't really understand them. Don't really understand uh, Moogles and chocobos and all of this and that. Uh, uh, just for some context, the only Final Fantasy games I've played was Final Fantasy 3 on the Famicom, Final Fantasy 7 Remake, haven't even finished Integrade yet, and Final Fantasy 13. Haven't even played Final Fantasy 13 2, haven't played Lightning Returns, so my experience in the Final Fantasy franchise is not the best. But here we go. I really wanted to play this game just because of how cute it was. I remember seeing it at a Nintendo Direct when they announced it and I was like, wow, this game is so cool. It's so cute. It's made in the Unreal Engine 4, which is impressive. Uh, when you boot into the game, your intro music. I don't know if this is music from the original Chocobo Racing, but it was like really aggressive rock. I did not expect it for a essentially a kids game. I did not expect it for that. And then you get some really cute music as soon as you beat up the game where they're talking about the characters and how it is to get along and fun and all of that. And I and I think that's a better sort of move for this game to go for that sort of cutesy audio. The game is incredibly fun. You're greeted with your opening screen in which you have your character that you used last in the middle. At the moment, I think it's the original Chocobo that I've used, but you have a lot of characters characters in the game as you go along. There is a free to play version of this game called Chocobo Light. Basically it includes the story prologue so you don't get the full story you just get a little bit so you can unlock the characters. Chocobo GP which is your online mode as well as your three characters local and online multiplayer. So it is free to play but there is also an expansion. Nintendo actually gave us the expansion for the game which includes other modes like your full story mode, time attack, series races, 
custom races, as well as a few other things. I think you also get like mithril shards as well, which you can use for the battle pass and, and that kind of stuff. And yes, there is a battle pass. We'll get into it in a bit. If you do play the light version of the game and you really like it, you can actually transfer your progress over to the full game once you've made a purchase, which is good because not many games do that nowadays. I mean, having the opportunity to sort of transfer your save data over, it kind of reminds me of games like Dead or Alive Core Fighters, right? Where you have a limited number of modes and a limited number of characters. And if you feel that you like the game, you can then purchase the full game, which is a nice idea. It's, it's sort of think of Chocobo GP Lite as a free to play version as a demo of the game. Obviously, I've never had an opportunity to play the Lite version because Nintendo gave us the expansion pass. So I didn't feel as though I was missing out on anything. I will say this, the story, I, I'll be honest, I don't care much for the story, but that's because I don't care much for Chocobos. And you're like, what? Chocobos are like the cutest thing in Final Fantasy. Yes, but I've never sort of related to them. And the fact that they're talking, I'm not used to that. If that makes sense? Because if you're playing Final Fantasy VII, they don't talk, they just make noises. But yeah, I've played a bit of the story. It's your standard sort of story in a racing game. I don't know how to explain it. Like you're not expecting story from this game. You will need to play the story to unlock more characters and to unlock better characters for your online play. There's other ways to unlock characters as well. So I've only unlocked a few characters. There's quite a lot of characters in this game. I don't know how many are unlockable through story and how many are unlockable through season pass. But so far I've got Chocobo, Claire, Camilla, Sherma, Ben, and that's it because I haven't played much of the story mode. The main portion of my gameplay has been through the online play. And I think that's a lot better. And I think also that might be the main reason to play this game, whether you're going to go for the expansion or going for the light version is its online play. The online play is absolutely fantastic. It's really fun. Like I haven't played a online racing game in a while that I've actually enjoyed. I've played Mario Kart, but I don't know. I find that Mario Kart players are really aggressive <laughs> for some odd reason. And this game is quite chill. You could spend a good few hours on it. It feels great when you're actually going through that elimination process in the tournament. Even when I lose the tournament, I don't get bitter about it. I just want to go back in and play it again. And I think it's because of how light and fluffy the game is and the cute characters that you have and the stages. The stages are really fun. Like I know that some of the stages are returning from the original. I have never played the original, so I really wouldn't know where they come from, but they're really nice and varied. And you've got castle stages and you've got, you know, mines and, and you know, your, your sort of happy sort of farm stage as well. It's really good. I haven't really played a racing game that makes me feel like that. Like I said, Mario Kart, I, I hate <laughs> I hate playing Mario Kart like it actually like it really sort of <laughs> scares me to play online because the community of Mario Kart can be really aggressive at times. I will say this Chocobo Racing is quite nice in the sense that your character models are very detailed. You can see the feathers. I mean a lot of it is smoothed out but you got quite a lot of lovely details in this game especially when you're looking at the Chocobo characters. They look quite shiny. The textures are, are on point whether it's textures inside stages or textures of the characters themselves. I will say this, I do find a lot of the Final Fantasy characters or the humanoid characters in this game to look a little bit like plasticine. You know, I understand that they have to make it all cutesy because they've made the Chocobos that sort of chibi style. So they have to sort of translate that style into Final Fantasy characters. Like for example, Cloud, 
is in the season pass in this game he looks more miserable than usual like i don't know if you've played like if you guys listening you've probably played final fantasy 7 and you know how miserable cloud can be but cloud looks even more miserable in this game and i think probably it's because he has to race against chocobos i don't know it just seems a bit miserable he looks very miserable in this game more so than usual i mean it's quite funny to see all of these characters really happy and then you got cloud that just looks absolutely miserable doesn't even want to be there speaking of cloud i did mention he's part of the i don't know if it's a season pass or a battle pass i'll i'll refer to it as a battle pass because that's what i'm kind of used to cloud is available in your battle pass i think at level 60 uh, for your initial battle pass you don't need to buy it but i mean this game sort of wants you to buy it if you want to get characters like cloud and i, I think a lot of final fantasy 7 players would want to race as cloud from what i could see it would be really cool to do that i mean even i want to play through it just to get cloud at level 60 and they and they sort of show it to you very prominently that you know you can get cloud like yes i do want to get cloud but the problem is i don't want to play this game to get to level 60. it's incredibly slow leveling up i'm already level 2 the only way you can level up in this game is through Chocobo GP, which is your main mode. It's basically your online play. Like I said, online play is really fun, but you don't get as much points for your season pass as you'd expect. I played a few rounds, often getting into top 10 or top 5 even towards the end. I think think in the final I got like 4th place or something like that and I didn't get enough points and I only went up to like level 2. The leveling up system is incredibly slow and considering that your season pass doesn't have much content in it to begin with. Like I'm scrolling through the season pass now. Like yes, you get a lot of sort of naff if that makes sense. I don't know how to explain it but you get a lot of filler content like corn that you can spend in the shop you get um stickers sticker packs for your chocobo and your cars wallpapers i don't see the point of wallpapers because wallpapers can only be used inside the game and in between loading screens which is not something that i'd want to win and it's not something that i'd want to use if it's something that i could use in like the switch for example like a file like if it gives you something that you can use in your background of your switch which obviously the switch doesn't accept external themes or anything like that it seems to very pointless filler i don't want a wallpaper of chocobo it's not something that i'm interested in the season pass like i said it's mostly stickers wallpapers and coins you've got two levels of battle pass as well you've got your free battle pass and the one that you paid for i've paid for my battle pass and it's mostly just gil that you get like i said and you get cloud at level 60 the battle pass continues i think up until level 100 or even actually past that i'm still scrolling through the battle pass i don't know how long that is oh level 200 forgive me for saying this but it's very silly that you have your battle pass all the way to level 200 and you put cloud at level 60 it's already difficult enough to get to level 2 and it's going to get harder to get through the battle pass as we go along and level 60 already i think is too far forward for the current amount of points that you get for your battle pass you need to play an extreme amount of games to get it and it makes me think how many people are going to get clouds golden bike for completing the battle pass not many people the battle pass hasn't been thought through as well as it could be i genuinely think that you either need to get a lot more points or you need to make these characters a lot more accessible by lowering their unlock 
rank in the battle pass. That being said, I, I mentioned I do love the Chocobo GP mode. The players, at least at current moment of recording, are not as aggressive as Mario Kart players. I suspect that it's a lot of younger players in this game, which makes sense because it is a freemium game. But yeah, no, it's good. It's I'm a big fan of it. Like I said, it's, it's just a really cool game. It's got a lot of features that you would expect from your sort of platform racer or your sort of Mario Kart-esque game. You've got item boxes that you can use in game. You could do tricks as well. Your boost feature is very, very important in this game, especially if you're using characters like Chocobo, where you're basically on these sort of rollerblades. It allows you to get a lot more traction on the track, especially some tracks will have like different obstacles to go through and it makes it a lot more difficult when you have all these obstacles and you're drifting at the same time because you want to get a speed boost. Drifting is your friend in this game. If you want to get number one in your rankings, in your races, you gotta drift. If you're not drifting, you're not getting speed boosts. If you're not getting speed boosts, then you're you're basically gonna find yourself number eight or basically at the bottom level of your leaderboard. So that is something that I would say. Other modes are standard. You know, you got your time attack modes, your series races, custom races as well. If you want to do that, I've never really used it because I had no need for it. Mainly, like I said, I've been playing your story mode and Chocobo GP. Multiplayer, not so fun, uh, at least local multiplayer. There are games that do it a lot better. Like I said, Mario Kart 8, specifically Crash Tag Team Racing as well. Those kind of games do that a lot better because you have modes like battle mode sometimes when you want to play multiplayer you want to be in a battle mode right you want to do balloon battle you want to do coin battle like i said i'm mentioning mario kart but that's because mario kart has a lot more modes in this game and sometimes it's not always fun to race sometimes you do want to do your battles and i think that would be good if you had even if it's a primitive level of battle mode in this game it would be nice to see uh, even if it's not balloon battle even if it's something like cops and robbers type situation which once again we have in Mario Kart 8. There's stuff like that. I think that's missing. It's a bit of a shame that it's not there. But like I said, it's a free-to-play game. So I really shouldn't be complaining. Speaking of free-to-play games, you've got a varied amount of shops. You Once you go into the shop menu, you've got Gil Shop. You've got your Ticket Shop. And you've got your Mithril Shop. So Mithril is basically your in-game currency that you buy from the eShop. Your tickets is, I believe, what you earn in-game from playing the story mode. And you've got your gill shop which you can earn from battle pass as well you can also purchase gill through mithril kind of like genshin kind of like your other free to play games in a sense yeah i don't understand why a game like this has three currencies it gets confusing pretty quickly and the stuff that you get is a bit naff as well your main thing that you'd be getting is characters sometimes and they sort of rotate in the gill shop i believe because the game is releasing now and it's sort of like the first sort of early days of the games they're going to give you better characters if that makes sense so yeah i mean you've got characters like squall from final fantasy 8 i've never played uh, final fantasy 8 mind you but i don't have a reason to purchase squall as a character but he's there it's listed as a hot item i'd imagine it's because everything is changing and it gives you like a little timer on the top when the stuff refreshes in the shop you have 63 days and then stuff will get refreshed which i'm not gonna lie gives you a lot of stuff um in the gill shop you've got a uh, cars characters at the moment just squall you've got other cosmetic items that don't really give you any difference stuff like stickers and color options for your cars and stuff it's a bit silly a bit naff 
wallpaper screens. Like, why would I want a wallpaper screen that is Squall, for example? And it's just like little icons of them. I don't need them. It's the same thing with your ticket shop. I mean, your ticket shop, you've got more varied things. You know, pearlescent paints, stages, in fact, on the ticket shop as well. But it's mostly, once again, stickers and wallpapers. Your mithril shop is actually where it's at. And that makes sense because, guess what? Your mithril shop is where they want you to buy stuff because it's using real-world currency to transfer into in-game currency. It's where you get your costumes for your chocobos. It's where you get more stickers, more music is, is hidden behind here, as well as some stages, some icons, and you're leveling up tickets for your battle pass for 200 mithril. So basically 200 mithril will cost you £1.59. That's a special price, one-time price for your mithril, which basically means for a leveling up ticket, it will cost you £1.59 which is a bit naff if you want to pay for a character like cloud it means you need to spend uh, i'm not really good at maths but to get to level 60 really easily you'd be paying 100 pounds really to to get cloud as a character which is kind of disgusting because not even call of duty does that uh call of duty if you want to buy up your characters i mean at most you'd be spending 20. so for a game like this a game where children are playing predominantly i don't think I don't think it's right to include options like this and to include three different currencies where the most important one is Mithril as well as a battle pass. It seems ridiculous because you're not making the battle pass as good as it can be. It's very limited into what you get. You Mostly you get Gil and Gil doesn't really get you much in this game. This game is really based around Mithril. The more Mithril you have, the better experience you are gonna get in this game. And that's that's disappointing, especially for a children's game. It feels, it feels very, very, uh, off-putting very bad in that sense but you can always make the argument it's a free-to-play game you don't need to buy this you don't need to do this you don't need to do that and that's correct and yes a lot of the content that you are getting in this game is cosmetics 100% but there's also characters behind your season pass and some characters may be better than the other I don't have the stats for cloud I don't have the stats for for school but each character has their own different stats so considering that this game is aimed at children and also people that are nostalgic towards the original right it is mentioned and i will say this players have expressed concerns about the length of time it would take to gain levels in game square announced that they would give players set amounts of free in-game currency known as mithril which they did when i logged in i did get a mithril bonus as an apology and it promised that it had adjusted settings to make progression easier. I haven't seen that yet. I've been playing this game. I haven't seen that it's a lot easier or not. Also, the fact that the Mithril that they gave us for free would expire five months after Mithril that you pay for would stay. It, it's a bit silly. Like, it's stuff like this that makes me wonder why does this game do this? Like, they could have just done it as a full-on game. Don't need to do free-to-play, but they make more money free-to-play that way. If they made it like a fully fledged game where you pay what 30 pounds because i don't think this game is worth any more than that if it was a full game you pay 30 pounds for it you get all your characters including your main characters your, your final fantasy characters imagine playing as tifa or playing as cloud or playing as barrett 
for example. I'm mentioning Final Fantasy 7 characters, but you could basically put any Final Fantasy characters in there and put an actual season pass in the game where you get new characters and new stages. That would make the game great. It would make, I would think doing that would put the game on par with Nintendo's offering of Mario Kart. Because Mario Kart, you've got all your characters, you've got your stages, you've got certain things in Mario Kart that just work. This game is missing a lot of things that other games like Mario Kart, like Crash Team Racing, like Sonic Racing includes that this game doesn't. In terms of my verdict, I really enjoyed playing this game. I think it has a lot of potential. I just think that the microtransactions in this game are very predatory. I don't really like it. Battle Pass is okay, but I think it needs to be a lot easier to progress, especially considering this game is for children. So it kind of feels as though that they're sort of targeting that audience to get more money, which is, ooh, it's, it's pretty dodgy. But yeah, should you guys play this game? Definitely, get, go ahead and play this game there's nothing really to lose considering this game is free to play bear in mind it's very difficult to progress in this game it's very difficult to progress in this battle pass and you're not really going to get many characters unless you buy the full game you're not going to get as many characters as many stages if you don't buy the game and considering that this game for a full unlock is 40 pounds on the eShop I don't know that's up to you to decide whether or not that's a good deal I'm just saying for the amount of content that you get and on top of that your season pass and, and all the mithril and all of this problems that is with the game I don't think it's worth 40 pounds at this current price if you told me that the expansion would be 20 maybe go for it but for 40 that's a full-fledged game you could buy a lot of games on the switch for 40 pounds i think in fact you could actually buy a game like triangle strategy you could play that game for 44 pounds if you buy a physical copy on amazon so are you going to be playing this game and paying for 40 pounds for the expansion or are you going to use your money for something else that's up to you guys but that was my thoughts on chocobo gp we're just going to go into a little ad break now and then speaking of triangle strategy we're going to be talking about that game after the break this episode of the podcast is brought to you by crunchyroll crunchyroll the most epic anime service out there got all your favorite shows naruto shippuden it's got all of dragon ball dragon ball z dragon ball super dragon ball gt if you're into that it's got everything because you know what crunchyroll has just taken it to the next level with the largest anime library in the world so if you want to get a 14 day free trial go to getalifepodcast.com forward slash crunchyroll uh, use our link it does help us out a lot remember when you support crunchyroll you are supporting us crunchyroll.com forward slash kunai or getalifepodcast.com forward slash Crunchyroll. Whichever link you use is going to be the same. It's going to work just as great. So get yourself that 14-day free trial of Crunchyroll Premium without ads, full HD, whether you want to watch anime subbed, dubbed in all these different languages, German, English, French, Spanish, Portuguese, even Arabic subtitles. Crunchyroll.com forward slash kunai. That is Crunchyroll.com forward slash k-u-n-a-i hang on a minute there's another ad do you like candy i'm sure you do because i haven't met anyone that doesn't do you like japan and do you like candy well you're listening to a japanese gaming and or anime podcast so i'm pretty sure you love japanese snacks whether you like kit kats pocky japanese ramen if you like all of that you know where you can get it easily japan crate 
Japan Crate offers the unique experience of Japan through monthly crates filled with candy. Japan Crate gives you a delicious selection of snacks each month. You can cancel anytime, but you know what? I don't know why you'd want to. Learn more at getalifepodcast.com forward slash Japan Crate. Remember to use the code GALP for $3 off all new subscriptions, even for other Japan Crate subs like Inku Crate, like Umai Crate, anything that Japan Crate does. So that is getalifepodcast.com forward slash J-A-P-A-N-C-R-A-T-E. Use the code G-A-L-P for $3 off. Back to you, Bish, on the episode. Well, that's a bit weird. I'm handing it over to myself. But you know what I mean. Enjoy the rest of the episode, guys. Okay, we are back from the break. Hopefully you guys enjoyed those ads. If you're listening on Patreon, thank you very much because you didn't get ads because you paid seven dollars a month or five pounds a month so thank you for that we're going to be talking about triangle strategy a game i have never played before and i haven't had much experience with these types of games other than playing fire emblem and come to think of it god seekers dynasty warriors god seekers so let's just get into it so yeah triangle strategy is a game that is produced by a japanese studio called art dink corporation uh, a developer of Japanese games based in Tsukishima, Tokyo. Um, for those that don't know, they really don't make many games that get Western releases. A lot of their games just stick to Japan. There are some games that do get released. They were published by Midas Interactive. I think their most popular game was the A-Train series, a series that is basically a simulation, train simulation game. I think that made its way. I think more recently they've made games like Sword Art Online, Lost Song. They ported that game to the PC, but they also made that game for the Vita and the PlayStation 3 and 4. An excellent game, by the way, if you guys have never played it. One of my favorite Sword Art games, as well as Sword Art versus Excel World in 2017. And Triangle Strategy is their most recent game. They've also made other games, like I said, they made Macross games, they've made uh, Madoka Magica games. Games that basically you'd mainly see in Japan. A, a lot of games that have Bandai I- IPs, but they took their shot with Square Enix to make this game called Triangle Strategy. It's basically a turn-based tactical role-playing game, similar to Fire Emblem, although I will say this, it's more similar to Final Fantasy Tactics. Uh, Basically, you move your characters across a grid, each of your characters have a turn, and then your computer-controlled opponents attack you and you have to defeat them. That's how it works, basically. If you've played Final Fantasy Tactics, you'll be right at home with this game. If you've played a game like Fire Emblem, especially if you've come from a game like Fire Emblem Three Houses, like I have, you may have some issues. Not that they're bad, the gameplay is fantastic, the art style, Chef's Kiss, is beautiful. I like that sort of 2.5D art style, similar to Octopath Traveler, stuff like that. I love it. I love the pixel art as well. It's really nice. Pairing the pixel art as well with the um, 2D sort of anime art style that you do get as well for your character profiles is really nice. One thing that took me off guard though, coming from a game like Fire Emblem Three Houses, is the amount of dialogue that you get in this game. There isn't so much cutscenes, everything is done in-game engine for the most part. There are some points where you get your character's anime art styles coming out a little bit when they're talking, similar to a visual novel, but a lot of it happens in-engine, which I can appreciate because that is a very difficult thing to do. But 
but there is just a lot of dialogue. Now, like I said, if you've played games like Final Fantasy Tactics, you're right at home because those games have like a shit ton of dialogue. To get through the, the first tutorial battle, it took me an hour and a half just because of the amount of dialogue. And it's not one of those games where I can skip dialogue because it's very story heavy. It's not a bad thing. I mean, if you like dialogue, you're gonna love it. But for me, I got bored very quickly initially and listen when i say initially there because of the amount of dialogue it's a good thing that it's fully voiced that's one thing that i really do love because if it wasn't fully voiced in english and in japanese i don't know what the hell i would do if i had to read all of that text i think i would have put this game down but the fact that it's got english voices and very great english voices if i might add really adds to the game really gets you immersed in the game story the story initially when playing I felt the sort of Three Houses vibe, the classic sort of story of Three Houses, or the classic sort of story in Chinese literature, if you're, if you're a big fan of Romance of the Three Kingdoms, where you have these three kingdoms that are sort of trying to prevent war, trying to get into a war, that kind of stuff. It was very reminiscent of that. And the fact that the story itself is sort of taking place in this medieval setting. The characters as well speak in that sort of medieval old English, which is very nice as well. It, it, it really immerses you into the story, like I said, and it made me forget the amount of dialogue, oddly enough. The dialogue was my main complaint at the beginning, but once you've given the game at least three hours, you get used to it really quickly and you really want to play this game a lot more because of the battle system, because of all the different classes that your different characters have. It's very nice. It's one of those types of games that I'd like to play on a rainy day. It's raining right now at the moment and I'm thinking, oh, you know what? I'm going to jump into triangle strategy. Those kind of games for me, those turn-based tactical RPGs, I never used to like them, but they've sort of become my bread and butter at the moment. They've sort of become my main sort of enjoyment in video games. Triangle Strategy allowed me to, to realize that because I never really used to like these games. When I reviewed a game like Dynasty Warriors Godseekers, I absolutely hated it just because of the style. And then I played a game like, like Fire Emblem Three Houses and I fell in love. And Triangle Strategy made me sort of love this game even more. I'm not really going to talk about the story as much because I don't want to spoil it for you guys because it's such a fantastic story the characters are really lovable i really want to get more into them as well and sort of pick them apart a little bit and like i said if you play games like octopath traveler and bravely default you'd kind of understand because the game development was led by square enix producer tomoya asano right like i said he's worked on bravely default and octopath traveler this sort of game, if you've played Bravely Default and Octopath Traveler and stuff like that, if you've played this game in comparison, you could tell that it's a lot more mature, a lot more adult. The story talks about certain things that you wouldn't necessarily expect from those types of games, but I think it might be because that this game is a tactical RPG. There is more opportunity for story. There is more opportunity for dialogue. There's more opportunity to talk about those adult subjects, right? Real things that does happen in this sort of era you know political marriages for example you know bandits things like that and it's it's very important and i love the fact that they did that you have a level of power in this game coming from the voting and conviction systems and it's interesting because the different choices you make in your dialogue 
actually affect how your character is it could be a complete sort of tyrant or you can have you know be more bit more jokey or be very honest and kind and that affects your choices in the game which is quite interesting and at times you're put into some really awkward situations and you know there are characters that you want to be kinder to and there are some that you know you just want to be mean to yeah i i don't know how to explain it because i haven't actually seen a game like this before in which your your actions truly do matter the way you react to certain conversations really does impact the way you enjoy the story of the game and some games have that and they don't do it so well but this game hits the nail on the head because i'm thinking like there'll be a decision that i make and i'm thinking well you know what that's how i would answer that's how i would answer it and then i see the reaction and i'm like actually did i make the wrong choice i actually start thinking about morality it's so weird i start thinking about morality and i start thinking about well was this an actual moral choice to make i start thinking about what it means to be human from a game from a very simple decision in a game it doesn't make much sense but this game has actually made me think about life I, I don't know how to explain that but it does that your choices have consequences and your consequences does affect you throughout the game which is actually pr pretty cool that you could basically play this game multiple times and have different experiences and have the story lead you on different paths and see a different side to the story depending on how you make your decisions and how you converse with other characters when given the chance. I know you guys are going to hate me for comparing it to Fire Emblem and other games like that, but after battles, you're basically sent to a whole set of in-game cutscenes and more dialogue. And I, like I said, if you don't like dialogue, don't play this game because you're really going to hate it. It's just a lot of dialogue. Sometimes it feels as though, yes, I've finished the dialogue. I'm going to get into a battle. And it takes you back to the world map. And guess what? There's another set of cutscenes with another set of dialogue. And it will take you an hour to get through it. <laughs> the first two hours of the game, I think I got into two battles two battles in two hours that's a very very slow burn like i said it's not something that i could just skip through unless i'm on a second playthrough because the story is integral this is a new sort of ip with a new story i really want to get involved in it but sometimes it's not like one of those games like fire emblem like there are times in which i'll open up fire emblem i want to experience that story again and again and i already know the story and i won't skip any scenes because the characters mean something. Characters in this game, I really couldn't care about them. And that's very bad. Like, they're incredibly dull. It might be because they're speaking in that cool sort of old English sort of Shakespearean speech. It might be because of that and I couldn't relate to them. Maybe. Or it just could be the fact that they're just boring. I don't know. I genuinely don't know. Because if I look at a game like Fire Emblem... Each character has their very sort of set traits, right? Yes, in some cases that they are cliches and, you know, you have your Sundere characters and, they, you know, you have your characters that are very shy and you have, you know, your, your bold, bolstering characters. You have lovable characters in those games, right? Even in a game like Dynasty Warriors Godseekers, a game that is sort of based on the Dynasty Warriors series, you have established characters. I don't think that they've actually taken the time establishing these characters' personalities. Yes, after battles, you can go and speak to these characters and sort of inform your choices but after battle you don't really get much interactive stuff to do it's just mainly going to another cutscene or going into another exploration phase and yeah those exploration phases aren't fun i speak to your two people and that's it usually it's like two or three people that you get to speak to make your couple of choices and leave it doesn't have much meaning for me at least i wish that there was some more to do 
in your exploration phase. I wish that there was more battles that you could do as well, at least in the beginning. I mean, later on in the game, it does pick up, but think about it this way. If you're new to this series, or if you're a fan of tactical RPGs like Fire Emblem, like games like Disgaea, for example, you're not gonna enjoy this. I mean, Fire Emblem has a nice balance between your battles and your interactions, and when you actually go I'm talking at least with three uh, three houses. With three houses, you can get to speak to your characters. You can go fishing. You can do a lot more. Like you can have tea parties with your characters and increase their bonds. This game doesn't have any of that. And so it just felt really naff. I like games that have good story, but this is, this is sort of bordering on visual novel with tactical RPG elements, if that makes sense. And there are games like that. There is a game like the, the Skya series where you, you have your visual novel elements and then you actually have your tactical RPG. The difference is with the Skya is that you get a lot more battles and you can jump into battle anytime you want with the Skya. It puts you in control, whether you want to go for the story or whether you want to go for side battles. Same way with Fire Emblem Three Houses. You can continue with the story or you can do your side missions however you want to play it. This game doesn't really give you that opportunity at least early on. And I'm thinking if you're someone that's new to this type of game, or if you're someone that is coming from this guy or a game like Fire Emblem Three Houses, you're gonna find yourself bored. And you might put down this game before it gets good. If you already own the game, I I'd suggest sticking around for at least three or four hours and you're gonna love the game, cause I did. But the first three hours are difficult. It's that sort of barrier that you need to overcome. If you can overcome the first three hours of the game, you're golden. This is one of the best games out there. But if you can't, and I don't think many people will be able to, then I would say change your thoughts on these types of games and maybe change the way you play them. Because I felt that at first and I was thinking, oh, I can't handle the first three hours with so much dialogue. But what you need to do is maybe plan your time a little bit, maybe spend a weekend and say, okay, I'm going to treat this more like a visual novel or I'm going to treat this more like a film. Put it on auto and just sort of hear the dialogue that's occurring. And then when it's time for me to get into battle, I'm going to get into battle. You're going to have to take it a little bit more relaxed. Because like I said, games like Disgaea, you know, you're, you're in battles constantly in Disgaea. And it's, it feels the same way with Fire Emblem Three Houses where you actually have more to do. So like I said, sort of take this a little bit more relaxed, give yourself a weekend and sort of see where this game takes you. That being said, I mean, I really did enjoy this game when I gave it the time. That's just important. You've got to give this game the time. Otherwise, you're not going to enjoy it. We're going to go on a little bit of an ad break. And when we return from the ads, we're going to be talking about Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin on the PlayStation 5. So stick around for that. <laughs> Damn, bish. Back at it again with more ads. If you're not a big fan of ads, you know what you can do? Subscribe to our Patreon page in which you pay £5 a month or $7 thereabouts a month for early access content on Kunai as well as ad-free episodes of Galp. Isn't that amazing? Sure is, bish. Sure is. So if you want all of that and you don't want to listen to ads anymore, get yourself over to patreon.com forward slash get a life podcast and sub. 
that's all it is guys just sub you help us out a lot it does help us produce the best show that we can do that's that's patreon.com forward slash get a live podcast become a patron today if you don't want to pay monthly then consider leaving us a tip on coffee that is ko-fi.com forward slash get life podcast you can leave us a one-time donation there all of this kind of stuff goes back into the podcast and we really do appreciate your support so consider supporting us either on coffee or on patreon thanks guys i guess there's one more ad for the episode so you better enjoy it because we're talking about jlist you're like bish what is jlist well let me tell you jlist brings you the latest otaku goods from japan whether it's manga anime cosplay import games visual novels even etchy stuff jlist has got you covered learn more at getalifepodcast.com forward slash jlist that is getalifepodcast.com forward slash j l i s t remember to use our link and the code galp for five percent off your first purchase on jlist that is g-a-l-p for five percent off your first purchase on jlist and you know what jlist has got some really cool stuff they've got the opai mouse pads they've got new photo books from japan they've got figurines genjin stuff they've got vtuber stuff they've got dojinshi anything you want it's on jlist imagine jlist as alibaba's cave but for japanese goods there you go all the more reason to support the show and to consider using jlist for your next japanese import purchases that is getalifepodcast.com forward slash jlist thanks jlist for sponsoring in the podcast. Anyway, I think it's time to go back to the episode, shall we? We shall. Enjoy. Okay, we are back from our ad break and we are talking about Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin, a game that is currently on all consoles at the moment, on Xbox, on PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, and on the PC. It's not on the Switch because I don't think a game like this could run on the Switch, or can it? We'll get onto that in a moment. I just want to talk about the history of Final Fantasy as a game. It's, as you know, a role-playing game developed and published by Square Enix or Squaresoft back then in 1987 on the Super Nintendo. So this is a series, I think, has been going on for maybe 35 years, maybe a bit longer than that. This game, Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin, sort of takes the story of the original and sort of works it into a sort of modern type of game based on the original doesn't mean that it follows the original one to one this game is actually developed by koei tecmo's team ninja what okay yeah no that's pretty cool i'm i'm pretty excited about that when i saw this i will say this i'm not the biggest fan of final fantasy but when i saw this i was like you know what i'm gonna get into this because koei tecmo is involved and i'm pretty excited with koei tecmo's new projects some people have sort of described it as a trashy souls like game i don't see it like a souls game at all i don't have much experience with souls games but i will say this it reminds me a lot like other games that koei has developed very reminiscent of of ninja gaiden very reminiscent of tokiden very reminiscent of games like dynasty warriors very reminiscent of games like warriors all-stars as well so like i said it is the mature brutal take on the final fantasy series it's interesting because there is a lot of references to other final fantasy games in the game but it's sort of distanced itself which is pretty cool so basically you don't need to know about the other final fantasy games to actually enjoy this game and to play this game because it is basically the first game you could start from the beginning and actually enjoy it but there are recognizable characters recognizable monsters enemies like tonbury fucking tonbury i 
fucking hate Tombury. I'm sorry, okay? For the Square Enix rep that is listening to this, I hate Tombury with a passion, okay? I first encountered Tombury in Final Fantasy VII Remake, because that was like, I would say my first Final Fantasy game. And Tombury is such an asshole. Why does Tombury need to one-shot people and with a stupid little knife and just going to stab people? I hate that, okay? Tombury, shut the fuck up, okay? I don't like you. I'm sorry, I, I've, I went on a little bit of a rant. I hate Tombury. Tombury appears quite a lot in this game. If you see Tombury, you know that the chest has some good loot in there. That's what I'm gonna say. But Tombury is very difficult. At the same time, very easy. If you know how to deal with Tombury, you could easily deal with Tombury. I will say this, I am playing on the regular difficulty. So if you are playing Tombury on harder difficulties, then pre prepare yourself for that. Tombury is very interesting because Tombury can one-shot you can stab you he can cast like a spell that literally kills you if you're from far away so you just need to make sure you kill him quickly that's just it that's like my strategy for killing tombri just go ham kill him quickly use as much magic as you can use use as many skills as you can use use your highest level weapons to kill him as well that's how i got through tombri which is pretty cool i'm not gonna lie i, I love tombri i i just when I saw him, because I had such difficulty beating Tombury in Final Fantasy VII Remake, when I saw Tombury in this game, I was like, no, no, I was screaming. I was like, no, I can't handle Tombury again. And then the first time it was quite easy. I was like, oh, you know what? Tombury's gotten a lot easier in this game. Well, you know, I'm just gonna not take it seriously when the next time I fight him. And the next time I fought him, he kicked my ass. So be careful of Tombury. He's still powerful in this game. I don't know why I was mentioning Tombury, but there's a lot of other characters that you might recognize recognize from other Final Fantasy uh, games, uh, which makes sense because, well, this is a Final Fantasy game at its core. But I mentioned it does play very similarly to Tokiden, uh, I would say, as opposed to a Souls game. And oddly enough, like a Musou game. It's not a Musou game. Koei has explicitly said that this isn't a Musou game. But the UI elements are very Musou-esque. You know, you've got your health bar, you've got your MP bars, which obviously are classic in a Final Fantasy game, but they're sort of down at the bottom to look like Musou bars. And even the fact that when you start the game up, you have two control options. Actually, you have three, and I'm really excited about the third. So you have the first one, which is your default options, where your attacks are done with your right trigger and your right bumper, and then your blocking is done with your left bumper as normal and then you've got what i like to call the muso control style which is basically square as your light attacks triangle as your we'll say charge attacks but they're not basically your mp attacks and then when you set it like that it makes the game very interesting because your combos are based around that so for example your combos take mp so if you're doing square square triangle or square triangle or squares triangle 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 whatever you want to do in terms of your combos it makes it very reminiscent of your dynasty warriors game or if you're in the uk your dynasty warriors games so it's very reminiscent of that in that sense and the fact that you can actually go in and change your settings as much or as little as you want like there's a third option i did mention where basically you can map any button to anything else which is really good in terms of accessibility and i really want to see more games like that you know because sometimes it can be a lot easier just having everything on your face buttons as opposed to reaching for triggers or things like that so that's a wonderful job on team ninja's part your job system in this game is very robust which i quite enjoy you have different classes in the game associated to different weapons similar to ninja gaiden and you have this 
quite expansive skill tree. At first, you're thinking, oh, you know, I can get through this skill tree quite quickly. But at your bottom of your skill tree, there's other jobs or other classes that you can unlock. And then as you unlock those, there's even more. And then there's advanced jobs or advanced classes that you can get as well. For example, you could start off like a Ronin, which I love playing the Ronin class because of the fact that you get this massive katana. And the style is very similar to Zhoutai in Dynasty Warriors 9 Empires or just in Dynasty Warriors 9 to begin with. It's very reminiscent of that and I can see a lot of movesets being shared between games. That's something that you know Koei has developed the game when they're sharing movesets across all these different titles. You've seen it in Age of Calamity, for example, with Link using Suma Zhao's body surfing animation, stuff like that. You see that a lot in this game. It's not something that your Final Fantasy fan will notice, but if you are a Koei fan, if you are a Musou fan, expect to see moves that are being taken from Ninja Gaiden and in fact also the Dynasty Warriors. Just bear that in mind. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, it's actually quite a cool thing. I actually got really excited when I saw that for the first time. But yeah, back onto your classes. So you've got your Ronin class, which is one of my favorites. Basically, you use that katana and at the bottom, you can unlock another class which is based off your first class so you've got your simple and you've got your advanced class your advanced class in this case would be samurai it basically allows you to have more moves in your classes so you can get more move sets better skills things like that better attack amounts just better moves in general and obviously allows you to unlock affinity of those classes i like to refer to it as mastery but it's basically affinity so the affinity system is quite interesting because it works on two levels you can either get better affinity for your weapons and for your class through your skill tree or you could do it through your weapons and armor so as you're choosing your weapons and your armor you get to select there'll be like different icons that will basically refer to your current classes and as you get higher to 100 you get better boosts, uh, attack boosts, defense boosts, boosts on your MP, boosts on health, etc. So that's also a really nice thing. And it works across different classes. So for example, if you've selected your Ronin class, but you wanted something for your Berserker class and you really like the armor of that class, if you select your Berserker armor, you'll still get the benefits of that armor if you hit 50% affinity, if you hit 60% affinity, which is pretty cool. And I also like the fact that skills can work across classes depending on the types of weapon that you're using so for example if you are a mage or someone that you know primarily uses magic in this game right you get a club and a shield that's your main weapon other classes can also use the shield like for example if you're a swordsman you can also equip the shield but there is a, a skill that you can unlock as a mage that basically allows you to do this attack called the shield bash and you can only do it if you have a shield so for example if you're a ronin and if you don't have a shield equipped you can't use it but you can use other ones that are there like for example there's so many other just transferable skills like you don't need to use the skills of your particular class you can use skills from other classes merge them together your weapon skills are unique to your class unless you have your advanced class so for example some skills will transfer over from ronin to samurai you'll get very similar skills but it doesn't transfer back that's another thing i will say so you can't transfer skills from samurai to ronin but you can transfer skills from uh, ronin to samurai because they have pretty similar skills because they use the same weapons that system like i said is very reminiscent of games like ninja gaiden where you do have multiple weapons where you have your double swords, your katana, you have your uh, kunais, you also have claws. It's very reminiscent of that. And even the, the weapons in themselves are very reminiscent of that. I will also say this, is that your main character, Jack, although I don't 
really like him as a character and I don't really appreciate that sort of character story arc that they're kind of going for that sort of brooding character the one that's just grumpy about everything I mean it was kind of cute with Cloud but Cloud wasn't heartless I mean this guy can be heartless at times he only cares about the mission and that's it and his obsession with killing chaos and you know it seemed a bit like Chunibyo-esque if that makes sense like a kid that's making up stories in his head wanting to be a hero and fighting for for his own goals it felt like that it sounds a bit bad but you know forget about the story if you're playing this game like the story is not the real thing in this game you shouldn't really be playing this game for a story you shouldn't really be playing this game for visuals either because the visuals aren't that good frame rates are incredibly choppy I will say that. But it's a Koei game, so kind of expect that. If I mean, like, Koei fans are like, oh my god, this is, like, the best frame rates I've ever seen in a Koei game. Like, that is true, but there is a lot of screen tearing and um, choppy frames, etc. Missed frames as well. And you tend to notice this in cutscenes. You don't notice it as much in gameplay, because I think that's where they kind of focused all their resources, but your, your in-game cutscenes are really, really poor. It does look like a game that's running on the playstation 3 that's why i made that joke at the beginning saying that it might might be able to run on the switch if you tried hard enough but yeah no it's not that visually appealing until you get into your dungeons that's where everything for some reason just hikes up in quality your, your battle mechanics are smooth your fights are smooth as well your boss battles fantastic your scenery is really good as well i will say this it the game is incredibly dark but it's quite varied in terms of scenery and, and things like that it's it's quite nice although i don't like the fact that you've got this sort of overworld map i'd imagine it's probably because the original final fantasy you had your overworld map and you travel from the map wherever you need to go but it just reminded me a lot of warriors all stars the fact that you can go back and repeat missions from this world map to get more items in this case animus shards which actually help you level up your weapons and your classes which is a good system i will say this that there's a lot of tact that you get in this game in terms of loot that you find some of which are good and the game does tell you when you find some loot it will tell you if it is basically better than your current piece of armor or if it's worse which is a nice feature it's a nice touch i don't know if other games do that but i do enjoy that but there's no way at the moment that i can find where i can offload my weapons which seems a bit odd because it's like there's so many weapons in this game and it can get a bit frustrating trying to look through them all but yeah like i said the, the game is quite enjoyable if only for the combat because it is weird and wacky and the characters aren't really well written and in fact the characters don't look that good anyway like if you look at a character like jack he's very two-dimensional like i mentioned he's this sort of cliche of a cliche it's a bit disappointing especially when you look at other final fantasy games or the way that they actually properly design their characters this looks like a creator warrior character in neo and don't get me wrong neo's create a warrior system is amazing dynasty warriors 9 create a warrior system is amazing but this is a character that they've designed specifically for a game it, it feels like an afterthought when designing these characters because they look pretty generic and i think it's noticeable amongst your main characters amongst your party members as well as your npc characters like for example the king he literally looks like a dynasty warriors 9 empires npc that you've designed yourself and that's 
a bit upsetting. I would have preferred if they were going to go for that route, I would have preferred that instead of Jack, you make up your own character. I think that would have been better, akin to the older Final Fantasy games, where basically you select your, your class, your sort of color palette, and your character's name. I think if they included a Neo-style character creation system, it would have been a lot better than getting a character like Jack, who's just, he's so, I hate Jack. I genuinely do. Jack is not well written, neither is he well designed. He's a very poor protagonist, as protagonists go, considering that we've seen some fantastic protagonists in the Final Fantasy series. Um, the fact that this basically is the, supposed to be a retelling of the first game, we should have gotten a little bit more effort into this game but like i said this game is all about the gameplay it's all about the scenery in battle right it's very interesting jack is able to switch between two assigned jobs if you wanted to go for physical attacks or and then switch to magic etc your team is pretty pretty useless your npcs that are in battle are useless. i don't really rely on them and it's weird because i haven't found a way to heal them because when i use potions it's only for myself i imagine that there is more to do with this game i mean yeah your MP NPCs are pretty useless, like the, your party members are useless. It's cool that you can give them stuff to fight with, but at the end of the day, the majority of your attacks, the majority of your damage that's being done to enemies are going to be from your main protagonist, which makes sense. That's probably why they gave you two classes that you can switch between, because this is another thing. If you can properly rely on your NPC characters if you can properly rely on your party members then you wouldn't need two switchable classes if for example jed was actually useful then i wouldn't need to switch to his same class to do the same sort of damage and the same sort of things i think the reason why they've done that is probably because you can experience more gameplay styles so that you don't feel bored but it's sort of lessens the need for your party members. So I think Team Ninja and Koei have sort of shot themselves in the foot there. That being said, I really do like the weapon switching system because it's very reminiscent of Dynasty Warriors. But I also like the fact that you can also switch your armor as well and have these different presets. Because sometimes you're like, you know what, I want to go Ronin and Mage. Or sometimes you're like, you know what, I want to go Swordsman and Ronin. There are times in which you want to use magic only. There are times in which you don't want to use magic at all and you just want to go brute forcing everything. And it's great. I like that and I think that's one of the best systems in this sort of game that we've seen and like I said this is not something that is new we've seen it in Dynasty Warriors we've seen it in Ninja Gaiden actually because that, that system is available in Ninja Gaiden 3 it's also available in a game like Yaiba Ninja Gaiden I mean that's a game that we don't really talk about but like I said it does remind me of Yaiba a little bit because this game has some puzzles at times very similar to Yaiba there's certain things that you need to um, do to unlock certain areas and the reason why I compare it to Yaiba is because Yaiba's puzzles weren't that good. And this in this game, the puzzles aren't that good. They're not that interesting. It's pretty simple. I will say this as well. Why is there no map? That is another thing. There needs to be a, some level of world map or some level of in-game map to know where you're going. Because stages are nice and they're great. But if you're in a cave system, I remember I got lost for an hour because I was going around in circles in this cave and I didn't know what to do. And because this is something I don't understand why Koei did this. Breakable objects look pretty similar to objects that aren't breakable like certain crates aren't breakable and then there's certain ones that are but they look exactly the same so you don't really get that context clue to break this crate to kind of move forward so i i was just going around in the cave for like an hour not knowing what to do and i think having a map 
or like a mini map would be helpful. Even one that goes away and comes back in every once in a while would be really nice. But I'm only saying that because playing action RPGs, playing Musou games, you kind of get that. Even Ninja Gaiden has a world map. Even though you don't get a mini map always, you do at least have a world map so you know where you are roughly. There are certain systems that I quite like. The brake gauge system is very interesting. Although I will say this, it's a bit repetitive at times because you're going in and you're doing your finishes that sort of crystallize your enemies. And it's good because you harvest them and you can restore your MP by doing that. So if you're really low on MP, you could just go in and just break the gauge meter and then press circle. In this case, I press circle because I changed my control system. But you press circle, you do that finishing blow, it restores some MP, which is good. But it can get a bit repetitive considering that your basic combos use mp and they use one or two or sometimes even three mp gauges and, and depending on the weapons that you use you might only get two mp gauges sometimes you get five sometimes you get seven it's it's crazy like that so it can be a bit annoying sometimes it can be great sometimes you have ample mp and you can do all the moves you want but sometimes you feel very restricted and not in a good way you basically have to make combinations of jobs that you don't want to use you know sometimes there's combinations of weapons you don't want to use or sometimes there's combinations of armor that you don't want to use the one thing i would have liked to have seen that we see in other sort of jrpgs is the ability to keep your armor looking the same as a another armor set like we see in games like Tales of Arise but then also have the same attributes as your armor that you want if that makes sense so that's pretty much what I want to see from there but yeah the break gauge is quite nice because you can use it against enemies enemies can also and you know use it against you so it means you can't really block all the time i don't like to block in these sort of games anyway because when you're a dynasty warriors player you don't always block let's be real unless you're fighting lubu but lubu is not in this game so you really need to block especially if you're fighting tombury especially if you're fighting your other bosses in the game if you're just going in without blocking it's very dangerous don't do that same i could say the same with evasion although i think what would have been interesting is if you made evasion part of your block meter or, or part of your break gauge because you are using some level of stamina to um, evade and dodge but the break gauge is pretty interesting it is a nice idea because it, it, you're not invincible it gives that sense of of despair in a way because imagine if you're in a fight and your break gauge breaks and you're like shit what am i gonna do i can't block i have to wait a little bit i'm open to attack i'm very vulnerable it makes you think about your next move it makes you calculate boss battles a lot better it makes you a better player and i i enjoy that although like i said I, there's certain parts of it i don't enjoy there's also a shield soul shields function basically that allows you to instant block attacks which is great it also allows you to absorb an enemy's attack let's say a um, an enemy casts fire against you you could press circle soul shield and then throw that back at them which is pretty cool i don't really use it as much in boss battles apart from just your instant block function but yeah it's a pretty cool function i don't use it in normal battles i, I mainly just use it in boss battles which i think is cool other than that i really do like this game and to be honest with you i think it's worth the price that you're paying for it i mean you can find it probably for 50 pounds um probably even cheaper in a few months as well I'm not saying buy this game in sale but if you are a fan of muso games uh, if you are a fan of ninja gaiden and you want to get into final fantasy this might be the perfect game for you now if you're a fan of final fantasy and you're like oh should i buy this game probably skip probably skip this game or maybe pick it up and sell 
out. And I think the reason being is that you would be really, really disappointed, especially if you've played a game like Final Fantasy VII Remake, or if you've played any other modern Final Fantasy games, going into this game might be a bit of um, shell shock for you guys. It might be a bit of a culture shock because I don't think this game was designed for the Final Fantasy fan. I think it was more so designed for the Musou fan. And I think that's just because Koei developed it. And you might be thinking, oh, Bish, are you just saying this because Koei's developed this game? No, it's just because I can find a lot of Koei-esque design. There's a lot of Koei cliches. I hate saying that in this game. A lot of features that have been taken, a lot of inspirations that have been taken from other Koei games like Tokiden, like Dynasty Warriors, like even Ninja Gaiden. And somehow Ninja Gaiden Yaiba. Don't ask why. I think people forget that game exists. And you know, I really enjoyed Yaiba, but a lot of people forget that game exists. So, which is kind of disappointing because I mean, this game has got some really, really hard hitters. You know, there's a lot of people involved in this game and but yeah should you buy this game definitely yeah give it a try i think everyone would sort of enjoy this if you're just a fan of the sort of hack and slash games or other games that koya has made yeah you'll love this game 100 percent. i think it is worth its price but that's just for me as a musou fan i could say that about any koi game <laughs> right except for dennis warriors 9 but if we got a similar game with this style final fantasy 2 final fantasy 3 yeah i'd be down for that but you know what i would be more excited for would be a Musou game. So imagine a game, and, and I'm sorry, I gotta say this because I know probably Koei's listening to this, and, and maybe maybe Square is listening to this, so take my idea here. Imagine a Dissidia game. It's got all your characters from Dissidia, all your characters from Final Fantasy, but instead of a fighting game, it's a Musou game. Imagine a Dynasty Warriors game with Final Fantasy characters. Final Fantasy Warriors. That would be amazing considering you've got so many characters and the fact that you could easily map their movesets to a Musou game. I mean, a lot of them use swords, shields and stuff like that. So it could work. I mean, if you've done a game like that, I think you bring in a lot more people. It would be very simplified. I think the hardcore Final Fantasy fans will be like, what the hell is this? But I think it would be really cool. So do that. And also, as we're on the topic, Dead Fantasy, let's make that thing. Okay, Koei, Team Ninja. Part of me thinks that Team Ninja has been working on the game like Dissidia and been working on the game like Stranger of Paradise because that there is gonna be a Dead Fantasy game coming. I hope so. That would be so cool. Like instead of a DOA 7, we get Dead Fantasy. Hell yeah. That's what we need. I think that would be really cool. Anyway, that being said, that's this episode of Get A Life Podcast Review Roundup. We spoke about some really lovely, we spoke about some really lovely Square Enix games, which you guys know, you know and you love them. Square Enix. I think that's where we end today. Thank you guys for listening and also thanks to our sponsors Japan Crate Crunchyroll and JList. I always leave JList last. I don't know why but we love you JList. Big thanks to our patrons over at patreon.com forward slash get live podcast. Thank you for subscribing because you guys get early access as well as ad free episodes. And big thanks to Nintendo and Square Enix. And you know what? We'll throw in Koei Tecmo as well. Koei Tecmo didn't actually give us the code for this game but thank you Koei Tecmo for making Stranger of Paradise. I really love that game. So big thanks to those guys for providing us codes and for making the games. And big thanks to you guys. That being said, bye bye.